Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I know what the pain feels like. And for me and my sister, we're going to get it together. You know, we. I'm reaching out. I don't have the answers. I found out about a $30,000 allegation when I watched the TV with y'all. Did I take my sister's money? I did not. We were going through so much 10, 11 years ago together as a family. It was one of the things that I can't lie. We were both at our lowest. We didn't have money. I we I ended up, we all lived, lived with my mother. And that's something that, you know, y'all see on the show where we say that I didn't have anywhere to live. We didn't. And we pulled through. So when you, when you talk about 30000 that I don't know anything about, all I said is can we get clarity about it because during that time, we, we both were helping one another. I just need clarity. What are you seeing? What are you saying? Because I have my receipts and you have yours. to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry. I've been in such a good mood lately because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like the weather's getting better. Can you have... 16 seconds then. Can you have seasonal affective disorder if you don't feel sad per se during the winter, but you do feel better when it's like spring? Is that a thing? Am I depressed? <laughs> 36 seconds. Welcome everybody to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine. If you haven't been like, what is your problem, girl? And deleted it already. Um, it's me, Cara Berry. 
I maybe I'm in too good of a mood. Maybe that's the problem. Um, we have a lot to talk about today. It has been a week. The girls have been in and out of court. And, you know, uh, the people who fared well were the ones who deserved it. And the other ones that didn't, well, clankety clank to you. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, I just wanted to start off, I don't know if this is going to be a new segment, but just something that caught my eye on the internet that I was like, babe, what? What is going on? So I'm going to have to walk you through this. Um, Jemima Kirk, a.k.a. Jessa of uh, Girls fame, um, did this interview with a magazine. Um, it's called Dream Baby Press. And she was part of their love-hate list uh, collection. They're asking, like, artists, you know, notable people, what they love and hate, their top tens of each. So here are the things that Jemima Kirk loves. One, magic tricks. I'm starting off strong. Two, my chapped lips. Three, fake flowers. Four, sex with parameters. Five, surprises that bring you to your knees. Six, the sound of fighting on the street at night. Seven, the first close-up shot of Leo writing poetry on Venice Beach in Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Eight, Driving alone and doing doing solo therapy sessions into my voice notes. Um, nine trespassing, and then here's the kicker. Number ten, um, my monthly ketamine infusions that bring me to the land of all the great dead blondes. They all live in a huge Mediterranean style bungalow in space. Jean Harlow, Jane Mansfield, Joan Blondell, Clara Bow, Marlene Dietrich, Dietrich, etc. But Marilyn is never there, and I don't know why. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, well. Why would that, why was that number 10? You know, like, I wonder if she really was like ranking this or if this was just like a stream of conscious sort of thing. Um, very specific. <laughs> Clara Bow. <laughs> Here's the thing that always gets me about like, you know, people who do or claim to do like past life uh, identification, that sort of thing. Bitch, how come none of us were ever regular? All of us were kings and queens. Every single one of us. None of us was a peasant. You're just kicking it with Clara Bow and Marlena Dietrich. Why? They have families and friends. They have other things to do. Why are we always like, you know, like kicking it with like Frank Sinatra? How is it possible? He didn't know you on this mortal plane. Why am I hanging out with him in heaven? That doesn't make sense. And I think they do this to, like, try to make people feel better. But if you were to tell me that, like, I used to be um, some sort of wealthy, spoiled princess. And, you know, for example, now I work in HR. I'd be pissed. You know, like, that doesn't make me feel better. Like, I'd rather you tell me that my life up until this, all the past lives that I had fucking sucked. You know, and this is the best it's gotten. So just be grateful for that, you know? Anyway, I will say that the things that she hates actually did make a lot more sense. Um, number one, waiting. Two, changing my ways. And that one, I was like, yep, <laughs> I'm with you on that one, sis. Uh, texting, calling, hula hooping, meeting up for coffee, or worse, tea, which I disagree with. I'm actually a chai latte bitch with oat milk. That is my jam, and I will not deviate. Number seven is being forced to watch YouTube videos, which is funny. Um, nine, describing a work of art or a person as real or raw. And I got that. I, I really, really felt the fuck out of that one. All right, let's move onwards and upwards. Well, it seems like Trump's going to get arrested tomorrow. So, <laughs> well, 
<laughs> Maybe that should have been our dubbage segment. Should I go back? Just just pretend like I didn't say this before. Um, I'm introducing our um, fairly new segment called Dubbage, in which I tell you um, that we're going to do the topic called Dubbage, and then I tell you what the headline was, and then I say Dubbage. Okay, ready? And then we pause for three seconds, and then we just move on. Um, Trump's got indicted, and he will be arrested on Tuesday. Okay, you guys, I am so excited. Our Can I Get a Hell Yeah for the week is going to none other than um, black people, okay? (laughs) Bravo announced that uh, we won, y'all. We won. We did it. It was worth the wait. We're getting Summer House, Martha's Vineyard, a.k.a. Black Summer House, filled with 12 incredibly beautiful, um, messy drunk, accomplished people, young black people headed off to Martha's Vineyard to share a house for the summer. And we're going to see what happens. You guys, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I feel like I knew about this, but then watching the trailer, if you have not seen it, you can kick it on over to my Instagram at everyone's business, but mine, it is, it looks so good. It was like people, I was seeing people being like, fuck OG summer house. Just get this one. Just air this one on Monday. We don't even give a fuck at this point. Like I am so very excited. So let's get into who these people are. We have, um, Amir Lancaster, Preston Mitchum, Bria Fleming, Bria Fleming, excuse me, Alex Tyree, Shanice Henderson, Jason Like, Summer Marie Thomas, Nicholas, Nick Arrington, and Mariah Torres. There are also a couple of other cast members who are not, I guess, full-time. So Nick, we're starting off with Nick Arrington. He is a New Yorker. I'm dying to see where the connection between OG Summer House and this one is. And it must be Nick, since he seems to be the only one or one of the few who live in New York. A lot of these people live... uh all over the world. Um, there's Bria who lives in Germany with her boyfriend. She works in fashion. Um, Jasmine is a screenwriter. She's married to a guy named Silas. He's in the army reserve. Um, there's Jordan who is a, uh, runs a nonprofit and also works as a DJ, which, you know, sign me up. Like I'm standing already. We have Jordan, Jasmine, Shanice, and Bria. They all met working at the Playboy club as bunnies. So, you know, just stacked with hot bitches. Um, Amir is the new kid. He's new to Martha's Vineyard. He's originally from Texas and he's like ready to play with the big dogs. Right. We have Jason. He's from Chicago. He's a senior flight attendant. He used to live with, uh, Jasmine, um, when she first met her man, Silas, um, it's a whole thing. Preston's an attorney, an activist, an adjunct professor. Summer met Jasmine in 2019 at Sundance. It's a whole thing. Alex is a preacher's kid. Oh, we have Milo. We have an official, I think this might be a first, an official house dog or dog of uh, a particular television show. I mean, even Jiggy didn't get the the credit that Milo has gotten just right out the gate. We had a full introduction to Milo and I'm here for it. I, I sat there and I was like, I watched that trailer and I was like, well, let's just go down to the Instagram and I'm going to add all of you bitches, including Milo. And I did. 
gleefully. You guys, I'm so excited. It airs, I think, the same night as season 15 of Real Housewives of Atlanta airs, which is May 7th. They also dropped their trailer, and that looks really good. The uh, I love that they take all the risks. Not even risks, like uh, creative stuff with Atlanta, because those bitches in their promo shots looked so good that like retro 70s orange ah uh, we won we really won so just a quick update Gwyneth Paltrow did win her trial she won the uh one dollar plus legal fees uh that had been awarded to her in the uh ski crash 2016 um incident that happened um Terry Sanderson, the man who tried to sue her first for $3 million and then was like, eh, let's just kick it down to $300,000. Um, that didn't work for you either, sis. Sorry, girl. I mean, you seem very embarrassed. <laughs> he said, I don't, I wish that I could turn back time and not have done any of this because now it's like I, my name's, you know, I'm famous for things that I don't want to be known for and like this is going to be happening forever. And it's like, yeah, girl, you should have thought about that. <laughs> you really should have thought about that. He then goes on to like basically uh blame Gwyneth and says like, you know, she you know, I think you get like some assumed credibility being an actress or a famous person. Who wants to take on a celebrity? No wonder I hesitated, right? It's difficult. Who wants to do that? Go up against Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> Someone who learns lines, learns how to play someone else's part and be believable, be credible, wins awards. Who wants to go on that path? You did. (laughs) Sir, this has been seven years in the making. You're the one who wanted to go down this path. So don't come crying to us now, sir. Now that all the memes happened and your own lawyer was simping for uh, the person you were trying to get money from. You should have thought about that. You're right. She won an Oscar. Am I really going to win this? <laughs> no. <laughs> Dummy. Oh, my God. And also, he's trying to countersue her. So, this is true stunt queen behavior, Miss Terry. And you really need to think about that. Um, speaking of stunt queens, we're going to end with our final story. Now, I have not really talked about this show at all on this show. However, you can hear my thoughts on um, Reality and Comics 2, Kendrick and I were talking about um, the Bravo show, SWV and Escape, Queens of R&B. You guys, this show is so good. But the things that are happening in tandem with the show off camera, like in real time, is even messier. So we're what? I mean, by the time you hear this, we're going to be five episodes in. But it's still an, an easy watch. Just just watch it, okay? Just watch it. It is drama. It is um, a mess. So I'm going to break you down as to what's going on to tell you guys as a way of encouraging you guys to watch this show. So if we'll go back in time to, what, 2017, I think, there was the first iteration of the show, X, uh, Escape Just Kicking It, which was them getting back together. You know, it had been years since they had really toured or, or performed together, and there were beefs within this situation, right? So we all know that Candy and Tiny, T.I.'s wife, <laughs> um, uh, have uh, been the most famous 
members of uh, Escape, right? And then we have Tamika and Latasha, who are sisters and the other two members. Throughout the years, Tiny has been like the peacemaker. She's the one who's gotten along with basically everybody in the group, more or less. And Candy had issue with Tamika because Tamika made up a rumor years ago that uh, Candy had slept with Jermaine Dupree, uh, you know, head of So So Deaf. She said that Tamika said that Candy slept with her, her. his father, okay? And that this was, like, a rumor. So they were having beef with each other because she said that it was a lie. Come to find out, you know, Tamika later admits, I, I lied and I'm sorry, right? They end up fixing their beef in season one. At the same time, Tamika and Latasha, because they're sisters, have always been kind of a unit, better or worse, despite, you know, regardless of whether the person was wrong or not, like, they've always kind of rode together. But when we come back in this season, things are very different. The dynamics have shifted, and Tamika is now like, Ugh, I think I made some mistakes writing for my sister as much as I did, um, especially in times when she was wrong, because now... I'm feeling some type of way about our relationship and, you know, I'm just like, I'm trying to forge her own path, right? So in the first couple of episodes, there's big issues. Latasha's on the outs. You know, they're clearly, like, the point of this show is that SWV and Escape are using the show as a vehicle and promotion for the tour that they're on right now. So, like... Uh, hello, let's all get our heads in the game and, and, you know, get in front of these cameras and do what we got to do, right? Because it's all coming back to us in the end. Everybody seems to have a pretty good attitude except for Latasha. Just like, ugh, stank. I don't want to be here. Uh, But also like victimizing herself and she's got this husband named Rocky and he is like every bit of the uh, opportunistic husband of a talented woman that you would think him to be. He's messy. He gets involved. You know, he is working for her with her because of her, (laughs) you know, all, all the above. Right. Just like it's very, ugh. And on top of that, they purport themselves to be very churchy, very Christian-like, and it's just clear hypocrisy, in my opinion. Things go to blows between Latasha and Tamika, the sisters, pretty quickly because Tamika's now feeling some type of way. She's like, I just am feeling very abandoned, not only by my sister, but by my mom. They have a tendency to kind of like gang up on me. My mom never takes my side on things. And it's just like a mess. So the sisters go to their mom's house to like try to hash things out. And Tamika goes, what about you stealing my $30,000? And it just diverts into chaos from there. Like Latasha's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't want to do this. The mama's like going down. She didn't do that. She didn't steal your money. Mama, you knew she stole my money. I didn't know anything about this. She didn't do that. Cut the cameras dead ass, like kicking the cameras in production out of her home. And they're fighting in the front yard. (laughs) The cameras are filming from like 20 feet away. Mama catches them. I told you guys to shut these cameras off. Like it is highly, highly dramatic. It is really sad watching somebody 
try to like stand up for themselves to their own family members and watch your mom and your sister both be like, you're wrong. We don't know what you're talking about. You're lying, blah, blah, blah. So we find out more of the story, which is that um, Tiny's mother, Miss Diane, um, years ago, had found out about this licensing company that was like, if we sign you up, you can start generating money from, you know, the music that you've written, performed, whatever, right? So they, she signs all of them up, like, you know, fully, I'm in your best interest, like, get this money, girls, all you have to do is sign up, right? So the checks start rolling in, and Tiny's like, you know, her mom's noticing, Tiny's getting her money, She's getting her checks. The first check she says, I think was like $20,000, blah, blah, blah. And then Tamika's noticing, I'm not getting money. So Miss Diane goes and starts investigating and figuring out what's going on and realizes, oh, um, your sister took $30,000, which uh, Tamika later says was actually just one of the checks that she was referring to. This is actually a lot more money, (laughs) but oh, your sister took the money and they made um, a lot of effort to take this money. They went so far as to um, change your New York address that you were living to at to uh, their Georgia address so that the check would go there. They um, sent in uh, your passport information to make everything look legit. And yeah, your, your sister and brother-in-law took your money. Now, because this has all been airing on the show, like, obviously, Twitter and the rest of social media has had a lot of opinions. Um, Latasha's been fighting for her life, claiming her innocence, claiming she didn't know anything about the $30,000 until Tamika mentioned it when they were filming. Had no idea. But then also mentions that during the time when these money monies were being taken, that uh, they were all living in the same house. They were all living with her mom their mama, because, um, you know, things were not great with them financially. And you're like, well, we were all helping each other out at the time. So I don't understand. So basically saying, um, Tamika, you lied. You didn't live in New York. We were all living together. Um, we were all helping each other, all pooling funds. So I'm not really sure. Now to me, you're not living under the same roof as me. And I'm thinking you took five figures (laughs) from me and we're not discussing it like you're going to know you're gonna know that but on top of all this drama with uh you know Latasha and her sister Tamika Latasha's got drama with the rest of the group because they come to find out that the reason why Latasha keeps showing up with a stank attitude and not wanting to do anything and not showing up to rehearsals and not wanting to participate is because she actually um, is over in Nashville signing a deal with Motown Gospel for her own solo album, which she claims is a source of contention that goes back between her and Candy years. Because when they were all in Escape, uh, Candy... Latasha was like the voice of the group, right? And so the the wheels were in motion for her to get her solo deal. According to Latasha, Candy started getting really jealous of her. And then all of a sudden her album is shelved and Candy gets her own solo deal and the rest is history. But then once Candy finds out that Latasha's got this deal 
for her own solo album, she realizes, oh, this is the exact way that Latasha was behaving the first time <laughs> she started like separating herself from the group. She started acting like we were the problem. She started doing the set in the third. Oh, this is very interesting. Also, how the hell would Candy like get your album shelved and get her album on an entirely different label um, put forward? Like that really doesn't make sense. So last week, Latasha did an interview, like a Christian-based interview, in which she like airs Tamika out. Like I said, I didn't know anything about the missing $30,000 until she talked about it on the show, and I didn't do that. And Tamika has a habit of lying about things, and then inserts that clip of her saying that she lied about Candy sleeping with Jermaine Dupree's father, right? <laughs> As proof that her sister is a like a habitual liar, right? So then... Rocky, Latasha's conniving husband, goes on this interview with this lady named Tasha Kay. Now, fun fact, Tasha Kay um, basically got sued, <laughs> sued, Cardi B sued her whole life away for lying on her. And Tasha Kay ended up like um, fleeing the country <laughs> so that she wouldn't have to pay Cardi B this money. But anyway, it's like millions of dollars that she owes Cardi. It's that's a whole other story, a whole other can of worms. However, um, Tasha Kay does this interview with Rocky, the husband, and he says, you know, my wife, we didn't steal the money. Tamika knows that. But then he just keeps lying. He keeps like telling on himself. First, he says, we didn't do it. We didn't know anything about it. But then he says, oh, well, the company... The royalty company actually just accidentally gave Latasha the money. They got, there was a mix up. They didn't know. But anyway, that was Latasha's money anyways, because she wrote songs and like that, you know, Tamika didn't. And so technically that was her money. And, you know, so you took the money and you knew it. So then Tamika comes back with her own video, including a video that she recorded with Miss Diane, Tiny's mom, saying, yes, this is exactly what happened with the money. I saw it with my own two eyes that they took this money. Um, she posts receipts of them threatening her. So Tamika, there's like another layer to this, is that Tamika says, I made a sex tape in my 20s. I gave it to my sister. I didn't want it in my house. So I gave it to my sister for close, you know, she could keep it in her safe. And, you know, if I wanted to go back and view it, cause you know, I was feeling pretty good about myself. I could do that. One day she asked her sister for the tape and L Latasha says, Oh, it's missing. Somebody took it. And Tamika says, how does somebody take it? Oh, it, they took it out of the safe. Well, who had access to the safe? Only me and Rocky, but the tape is gone. Okay, so then now she gets a text from a random phone number saying, oh, what about this tape? Maybe you need to um, like stop lying on your sister and brother-in-law's name and um, maybe this tape won't be exposed. Maybe that won't come out. And then said very specific things in this text and the things that they said were things that... Um, were later repeated by uh, Rocky and Latasha, like just things that like could not have been publicly known. Like Tamika gets this text privately, doesn't say anything. And then publicly Latasha and Rocky are saying things that were said in the text message. You know, like how could that be? Nobody would have known those things. 
She also says that Latasha and and she and she and Latasha were supposed to do a joint gospel album last year that went south after Tamika wanted 50% and they were like no 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 Rocky got all pissed off and then the album ended up getting scrapped altogether. She also claims <laughs> that if you go and look if you have cable if you go and look at the you know like if you go to the SWV or whatever show page right and then you go and look it shows you like the cast and crew and usually there are pictures associated (laughs) somebody did this if you look i hope they didn't change this back but they changed all of the pictures of tamika to pictures of latasha like they were they used to be of tamika and they are now if you look at both tamika and latasha's pictures they're both pictures of tamika it's wild like the pettiness of this there's no bounds i mean it is truly truly messy so then after tamika was like oh i have all these receipts since you want to call me a liar excuse me the latasha has to come back with her own video snot the amount of snot coming out of her nostril you guys like gross but she's like crying oh i didn't know I didn't know any of this. And if I took your money, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Blah, blah, blah. Girl. Girl. This is, I mean, she is so clearly a liar. And the thing that really gets me is that if you watch this show, the way that she and Rocky are so like, uh, like Christianity forward. They're always using like godlike biblical terms in their speech and like oh praise god blah 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 and it's just so nasty (laughs) it's so nasty it's so rude it is so hypocritical that they keep lying and cheating and threatening people and rocky was being transphobic at some point in these videos for no reason no reason whatsoever talking about uh, other members talking about um Taj from SWV and just like being truly a vile human but you guys are like the way they tell it the most prayed up people they are blessed they are favor- highly favored and they are just like covered in the blood of Jesus and they are the most holy people that you ever could see but you know what mommy don't know daddy's getting hot <laughs> at the body shop doing something unholy okay Sam Smith was right about that. All right, now I'm just playing. Okay, let's move on to our recap of episode four of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. If you're wondering, did you recap the first three episodes? Yeah, girl, I did. You can kick it on over to patreon.com slash EBBM podcast where I recap that. Um, And now is a great time to do it because it's uh, the first of the month. You can get the most benefits of a Patreon subscription. So yeah, check it out. Uh, if you want to give me a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I wouldn't complain. A thug never complains about a complaint, you know? Or a compliment. <laughs> Guess I'm not a thug. Anyway, let's talk about Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. What is between Heather and I? I want to talk to her. I don't want to be messy no more. I want to talk to Heather. All right. We're back with Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 3, Episode 4. Um, uh, I'm struggling with this season, not because it's, like, bad per se. I'm just... I just feel like the cast is not gelling and therefore I'm not gelling with them. You know what I mean? Like there's just a lot of discord and a lot of like, it's not even fun drama to me with the exception of Whitney, who I think is coming out to play a little bit. But anyway, let's talk about the episode um, just real quick. Uh, Cause I feel like this was kind of like an establishing episode, right? So where we left off is Leah's in a bad way with Portia and Giselle um, because, and maybe by extension, Alexia, because Leah said at a dinner that uh, hearing Alexia's life story is boring. They didn't take too kindly to that. Um, Giselle, or excuse me, rather, Candace is kind of taking up for Leah, but I think mostly she just wants everybody to shut up and like, let's just have fun and get drunk. Heather and Whitney keep like... (laughs) Their their ability to, like, fight and then get out of it and then fight and then just, like, have fun is so interesting to me. But, yeah, we find out that this is supposed to be Portia's day. She's going to be hosting the day. Giselle's going to be hosting the dinner that night. So we see her walking with Giselle asking, oh, what did y'all do last night? I heard you guys went swimming. Did you guys go skinny dipping? Because, you know, y'all were drunk enough to do it. And Giselle says, no, no, like, we were just swimming it was me and marisol and some other people and portia goes well you know the white girls on the show just let their titties out on camera and giselle points to herself and goes um she's a black girl but portia goes yeah that's true well you're like a black white girl and giselle goes what no and portia goes well you're creole 
the way this would have been a completely different conversation on Potomac and the way that like Giselle just let that slide off of her back with all the colorism comments that we've had and conversations that we've had last season was interesting to me. I will say that. Meanwhile, Candace is checking in on Leah and Leah's like, look, I mean, Giselle can be mad at me for saying that I was bored, but I'm fine because I know that Giselle has said much worse in all of her years on camera at a dinner table. Way worse than what I said. So I'm good. Candace tells her, don't let them, Portia and uh, Giselle, see you sweat. Don't let them watch you walk away because that's a bully's greatest satisfaction. And then Candace says in a confessional, I'm exhausted. (laughs) I'm exhausted from all the fighting. The only difference between Housewives and a soap opera is they're reading from a script. It's all the same drama, all the same foolishness and crying and throwing stuff and running around getting drunk. It's all the same. But our lives are real. We don't get Emmys. We deserve an Emmy. And then the editors do this like Days of Our Lives style intro with the women, which frankly is better than the actual intro for this show. Maybe they should have thought about that. The ladies all gather for breakfast. Heather asks Leah how she's feeling, but Alexia's like, yeah, honestly, I think the biggest issue uh, are the one between you, Heather, and Whitney. And I'm not really sure if they can get resolved. It's interesting to see that when Alexia just views a situation and doesn't personally involve herself in it, she has a much better outlook um, than she does on her own show. And I'm finding that also to be very interesting because I feel like Alexia made, she makes a pretty solid point once, sometimes even twice an episode. I'm not even sure if she did that the entirety of last season. I really don't know. Anyway, um, Heather's like, I'm fine. I'm actually really good compartmentalizing anything, but the issues with Whitney are like bigger because she, Whitney, just admitted that she was just trying to play with the big dogs, AKA pal around with like Giselle and Portia or whoever, the more established housewives, right? Even though, Heather, you've been doing that the whole time. I just said last week, every time... It seems like the other ladies are on your side. You get the battery in your back and you're like, the tears start flowing. Yeah, Whitney, how could you betray me? Blah, blah, blah. Like she's been doing that. But now you're accusing Whitney of doing the same thing. Something that I haven't really seen happen. Like to me, Whitney's kind of been hanging off by the sidelines and not really saying too much unless she's like specifically asked. Um, So Okay, Heather. Ooh, Heather is not doing well. I thought Cynthia may have done the worst in terms of her uh, reputation. I think Heather might be winning out on this one. Portia's plans end up getting canceled because the it starts raining. So they just plan an impromptu day at the house, massages, games, that sort of thing. Before they come out, before Whitney comes out for breakfast, she FaceTimes with none other than our Taco Bell queen, Lisa Barlow. So Lisa's like, how's it going? And Whitney's like, well, obviously the Heather and I stuff keeps coming up because it doesn't make sense to anybody. Heather only explains it like I'm lying and doing things for the show and being opportunistic. And that kept triggering me. So I called out the fact that like, wait, you're writing a book about leaving the Mormon church, but you're still a Mormon. So like... Heather really leaned into that and like got everybody on her side. And Lisa goes, 
she's doing that because she's hurt and she got caught in a lie. She's more mad that people know that she's a liar and it's getting exposed. So Whitney then says, I just finally realized that Heather recommended me for the show. And because of that, I didn't realize how much loyalty that I gave to Heather because of it. And I went along with this mutual disdain for you, Lisa, and other people on the show. And then through that process, Heather and I actually created a real bond with each other. So, you know, it was like a friend, an enemy of my enemy is my friend situation, right? And then it became real. So then Whitney says in a confessional that... What she, what I failed to realize is that I don't owe Heather this blind, blind loyalty and she treated me a lot like a mop and I'm not going to do that anymore. So in the other side of the house, Porsche is having a one-on-one conversation with Heather and is like, I feel like you guys can find a way, find a way to come back to each other or at least agree to disagree because you're family, right? Like maybe you need to just give Whitney grace about this, table it, move on because y'all are just doing the same thing. And then she goes to Heather, you know, like it took her 15 years to get her name off the roll. So like, how far are you? When did you apply to get your name off the roll? And Heather goes, well, I haven't even applied because, you know, it doesn't mean anything to me. I don't give them money like or my heart. It's just a database. It's a stupid thing to bring up. Now, I know I talked about this last week. Because I was confused because I knew that Portia thought that Heather had made some kind of strides into getting her name off of this list. And Heather just kind of ran with it at the time. And I'm like, did she actually say that? (laughs) And she did it. So Heather just let Portia believe that in order to have somebody on her side. But now Portia's asking her point blank, where are you in the process? Haven't even started. So Portia just squints at her. And then she says in a confessional, listen, I like Heather, but I don't know what to believe. Yesterday, this list was super important. You were real upset about it, but you haven't even started? Girl, what is the real truth? You're a bad liar, not a bad Mormon. <laughs> Lisa tells Whitney, Heather's really good about putting out a narrative on people. So just keep sell- telling the truth and you'll be fine. So then we get to Leah in a confessional. And she's like, well, it's day a thousand. Am I having the best time? No. <laughs> Doesn't really feel like a healthy environment to me. It feels like people keep picking sides. I'm not following anybody, you know? And I'm just like into these equal friendships and not these unequal power dynamics. Candace is the only person who stood up for me yesterday. She's an independent thinker. And, you know, we're forming a bond because of it. Now, personally, like, I just get the ick when white people call themselves independent thinkers because that just leads I have seen it often always in my in my experience leads down a dark and, and strange path I will say that so um you know okay good but the, the juxtaposition of being like I'm not into these like power dynamics but also being like Candace is the only one who stood up for me and therefore she's an independent thinker and my friend <laughs> well I don't know if those two things really gel for me, but okay. Everybody goes outside to get a group massage. Not a group massage, but like get massages as a group collectively, right? So of course, the Alexia pulls out her uh, bag of stereotypes. Whew. Truly like Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Just like, what what stereotype can I say about this group of people today? We're in Thailand? Okay. Maybe I'll just talk about how uh, they get too frisky. 
with their massages. And I'm hoping because we're doing these massages outside, they'll be a little bit less touchy feely. Alexia. Honey, like, <laughs> Alexia exists in like some sort of 1980s comic book that she found in which like you just like let's just talk about every race all the time and these things are true and I don't even think that she thinks that they're particularly funny I think she takes them as actual facts like stereotypes are actual scientific facts about different ethnic and racial groups and that it's perfectly fine to say them she's wild and then who starts the moan fest? Marisol. Moaning, honking at times. Ah, ah, ah. Giselle says in a confessional that they were trying to touch her vagina, but, you know, let Giselle tell it. Everybody was trying to touch her vagina at some point or be a sneaky link or who knows. And then we hear her going, ah, cha, 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 like as they're putting her into different positions. She The noises that emanate from that woman's mouth. Okay. <laughs> Cha-cha-cha. Heather ends up telling Marisol and Alexia she's going to go do her prayer offering and asks them, like, remind me how to do it, right? So Alexia tells her, oh, it's kind of like a bar- barter thing. So we see what Mar- Marisol gave to the um, prayer offering the day before. Apparently she gave them some some quantity of liquor. I don't know if it was a shot or one of her leftover cockies or, you know, who knows? God knows all the ways that she's managed to consume straight vodka, but she puts it on the prayer table and she goes, and it's 74 proof. And she walks away. And then Alexia goes, that was beautiful, bro. (laughs) And then Marisol walks right back to the prayer table in which she's offering something and takes the liquor back and goes, maybe it'll help me. (laughs) And if that isn't Marisol in a nutshell, I really don't know what is. There's no way that we can come out of this or that Marisol can come out of the season thinking that next season on Miami, she can continue this like I'm an excessive drinker storyline. We've exhausted it. You have hit it. It's too far. This is not cute, girl. Do people find this cute? Like I'm, I'm asking for real. Like at this point, you guys are like, oh, she's so delightful. This woman who's trying to numb her stomach. Her ulcered stomach with more vodka. Uh, uh. At this point, she's starting to give uh, like Paul from CS the key. You guys watch that show. I'm doing a, an extremely slow rewatch of not even rewatch first watch of CS the key. I'm still like at the end of episode or season one. I might be in the beginning of season two, but there's one point where Polly. He, they're cleaning up after a party. Like, picture this if you don't watch the show. Like, Siesta Key, Florida, hot summer. They had a day party the day before. Just liquor sitting in that sun. And then all night. And then the next morning, they have to, like, pick it up. You know, clean up all the backyard, all the bottles of whatever the fuck. And Paulie, who clearly has a drinking problem takes one of the handles of vodka that, again, has been sitting there for like 24 hours just in the air, drinks from it, and then immediately pukes into a trash can. Like, it was some of the darkest shit I've ever seen. And I feel like we're teetering. It's getting dark. 
Anyway, back to the show. Heather does something again that I thought thought was pretty hypocritical because she's been accusing Whitney of like being advantageous or, you know, uh, falling in line with these girls like she's some kind of loser. But then as soon as Giselle says, oh, uh, can you FaceTime Jen Shaw? Now, this is like a couple days after her guilty plea, right? Uh, she hops right to it. Yeah, let's talk to her. Oh, I talk to her all the time. She just texted me. I love you this morning. Now, not, I'm not defending Jen Shaw, but don't you feel like that's a little like, Giselle does not know her. And so you're calling your most famous friend so that she can get on a FaceTime with Giselle while they're in Thailand, simply because Giselle wants to get messy. But like, Whitney's the one who's doing that, you know? Like, I don't I don't love that. I, I really didn't like that. Again, not to be on Jen's side, but I just thought, okay, who's really being a hypocrite here? So then, obviously Jen does not answer. <laughs> I think she had some bigger fish to fry than to be like, hey girl, how is stuff's Thailand? I'm going to prison. <laughs> oh, by the way, Jen got um a year off of her prison sentence. I'm not going to clap for her, but you know. I'm sure she's clapping for herself. Portia decides to host a, like, cook-your-own-meat barbecue, which Leah can't eat because it's all uh, soaked in pork oil, so she's out. Sorry, girl. Hope they have vegetables. Um, Candace and Portia do kind of bond at first (laughs) over the buffet because they're talking about, like, I don't really like big oysters. I only like small ones because big ones look kind of like too much like a busted vagina, you know? (laughs) So Portia says in a confessional, or excuse me, Candace says in a confessional, I used to watch, you know, Atlanta and I admired them as an all black cast and I watched Portia and I just always thought we would get along. So actually when I went on this trip, I was thinking, despite the fact that the whole Twitter was like, y'all are about to get along, we were going to shock the whole world by being friends. So everybody sits down at the table and she tells Portia, I want to clear something out and then here comes a perfectly folded triangle out of nowhere. I just love, like, they're just emanating from the sky. I love it. So Portia is in a confessional, pulls out a whole paper towel-sized triangle, and says, one thing about Candace is she's going to make sure there's no tear left behind. Get it, girl. It will not drop past her cheek. This is how Candace communicates. She either curses at you or she cries. But as long as you're getting one of those, you know it's the real her. So Candace says, Portia, my issue with you was, you know, your thoughts or your opinions on my fight with Monique, which, uh, you know, they Bravo chat room was on at the time and the Portia had a friendship with Monique or something. And so she basically spread rumors that Monique told her. So Candace says, the fight in and of itself wasn't what tore me apart. It was the aftermath because I'm starting to see stories that were false and they're being skewed in Monique's favor and that like my reputation's being ripped apart by people thinking that I started the fight by throwing a glass in Monique's face. So then Candace says that on the Bravo chat room that Portia said that Candace was suing Monique for the down payment on her new house at the time, right? Portia says to Candace, I was just there for a friend who was calling me. I've been in fights on the show. We had a conversation on how to navigate the whole situation, blah, blah, blah. But Candace is like, but what you said was messy and defamatory. Portia says, it's not defamatory if I'm telling, if she's telling me her facts, right? But Candace goes, but those weren't facts. I didn't sue her. 
I didn't need the money from anybody for a down payment on a home. So Whitney says, Candace, it sounds like you feel like it was unfair because you honored your contract, but Portia gave her a platform to tell her side, which sounds to me like we should have broken the fourth wall, which we should be doing. Like if we're going to be like, hey, this is a different network from Peacock. Like let's break the fourth wall a little bit more. Let's really talk about what's going on over at Bravo that led you guys over to Peacock to having these dramas, you know, let's get into it. So what I think Whitney's trying to say is that like Portia gave Monique a platform to tell her side. I'm what I'm assuming really happened is that like production probably told them, Oh, keep quiet. But Monique found a way through Portia to tell her side of the story or spread rumors or make it seem like Candace was the one at fault, the aggressor, blah, blah, blah. Right. But Candace, who was staying quiet as she was told to, did not get that opportunity. So then Giselle speaks up and says, but Candace, I did defend you at that same moment. So we do see a flashback from that chat room episode where Giselle's shutting Portia down and being like, girl, no, 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 no. That's not what happened. She's not suing her, blah, blah, blah. Right. But Candace says, but nobody asked me for a statement. And Giselle goes, but I was there and you knew my opinion on the subject. To which Candace says, but that's not the same because it's not my statement. It's not coming from me. So Giselle gets really upset and is like, this is some bullshit because you're acting like I didn't ride for you and I did. So Giselle says in a confessional that this is a big deal because that was the first time in Bravo chat room history that she had on camera disagreed with Portia. And not only that, she was defending Candace in public at the 7-Eleven, at the Whole Foods, when people were coming up to Giselle saying, oh, Candace ain't shit. You know, she says, if I have to go on a press tour defending you and you can't appreciate that, then I'm done with you. Now, this is where I'm confusion. What does this have to do with anything that Candace just said? <laughs> like, I just feel like Giselle was inserting herself and shit that like, this had nothing to do with you. So what are you so upset? I do, I guess, see her point of like, maybe in her mind, Candace shouldn't be as upset about this as she is. And if she had like given more credit to Giselle, maybe she wouldn't still be as upset about this because somebody was there defending her and in her corner in the moment. But I also feel like that was not what Candace was trying to say at all. And she does say, Giselle, I can be grateful that you wrote for me and still wish that I had the opportunity to speak for myself. So Portia goes, well, you need to be more happy that Giselle spoke for you because I just brought hearsay to the table, but she actually brought facts. Ladies, what are we talking? Like, am I missing something? What <laughs> what's going on here? Giselle, I feels like you just want to be mad. Like, I feel like Giselle and Portia are coming for Candace and being like, oh, she's like this, that, and the third, and she just wants to have an attitude, blah, blah, blah. She's being weird, and you know, this we should be a sisterhood and this isn't happening. But like, what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> I don't get it. Maybe I'm just not getting it. So Portia goes on to tell Candace the only reason that Giselle was going hard on um, chat room, or excuse me, the only reason I was going hard on chat room was because Giselle was giving me shit about Candace. And, you know, as hard as Candace is going in on Giselle right now, she's not realizing that Giselle actually had her back. Again, I just, I don't know. So Candace <laughs> tells Portia that Monique texted you a statement, Portia, and Portia goes, what I was doing 
was hearsay because it wasn't firsthand knowledge. What I was repeating for Monique was actually hearsay, right? Um, so she's, I, in her own way, kind of admitting like I, you know, wasn't coming on this as a journalist, right? <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't entering this chat room, the hallowed halls of Bravo's chat room with uh, in, a journalistic integrity. It, it, right? So Candace points at herself and goes, hello, I have a broadcast journalism degree. I know what I'm talking about. And Portia goes, well, you might have the degree, but I have a journalism job and I can use my ta- mouth and talk about things like we can all do. Hello. Welcome to everyone's business, but mine. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. So Marisol really wraps it all up and goes, you know, it's a fluff opinion show. Like it's not investigative journalism to like, she's trying to defuse the situation, but Portia and Giselle look at each other like, wait, is she complimenting us? Or is this like a fuck you? What's, what's going on here? But, like, again, I'm on Candace's side. I just don't feel like what she said should not have, like, made Giselle feel any type of way or taken away from what Giselle did. I don't think that that's what Candace was trying to do or, like, diminish the fact that she didn't stand up for her. I I don't... I think Giselle is honestly still licking her wounds over the Chris situation. And, like, everything that Candace might do is going to be sensitive. Then the actual games begin. Portia makes the ladies pair up by city. Um, but then, you know, she and Leah are the stragglers, the only ones from the franchise. So she makes them pair up with each other and gives them a celebrity couple name of poor Leah. <laughs> Which Leah says feels like shade. And I, I would have to agree. The Portia makes them get up in these like blow up inflatable elephant costumes to play Thai volleyball. Um, Candace says in confessional. When it comes to being competitive in sports, I'm probably at like a negative six. Like there are balls flying at my nails. What if I break a nail? And I'm with you. I'm with you, girl. Y'all, can you actually help a sister out here? Okay. Um, here's my, I'm, I'm on a journey with my nails. Okay. I can't find the manicure that really works for me. I have naturally, not to brag, thick, long, healthy nails and they're, Lovely and perfect, okay? I have tried gel. Destroyed my nails. Got them done last year and it took me months to get them back to like the beautiful pristine, you know, state that I'm used to them being in. Okay? And then I just tried dip. And that was better. It was less damaging. 
probably because I only did one round as opposed to the back-to-back gel that I did, which was a mistake. I learned that later. I get that. But I now have like, they're softer and they're a little bit thinner and I'm just like (sighs) waiting for them to break. Really? I feel like they're damaged. So what is the system that the girls are doing that is long lasting and is not going to tear my nails up? Please. What are we doing? Because I can't take this. And like the regular manicures just don't last, you know? It's kind of kind of a waste. So what are we doing? Let let me know. Then the next game is that they have to like shovel uh food into people's mouths with those tiny little doll hands. Um and that is funny. If you guys want a little chuckle on TikTok, there are people who are doing this challenge where you know those like little plastic hands that you just hold and they they're like little doll hands, right? So people are doing a challenge where they're, uh, you know, having a conversation with somebody and taking out, trying to figure out how long it takes them to realize that these uh, hands are fake. It takes way longer than you would think. Way longer. Anyway, um, Heather and Whitney cheat by throwing food on the ground. So Miami ends up winning by default. Um, and then they play Spirit to Chew It, which is like, answer a question. If you don't want to answer it, you're going to have to eat a scorpion. So Pepsi tells them not to eat the tail. And when somebody asks, well, what will happen if we do? Marisol goes, you die, bro. You die. (laughs) I love that they say bro. It gets me every time. I don't know why. It's so funny to me. So Alexia has to go first, ranking her husbands from best to worst in bed. Um, She says Todd, obviously. And then she says the dad. (laughs) Didn't even get a name. The dad. And then Herbin. Um, Leah's asked which Roni member she would not ask to come back for the reboot. She doesn't want to answer the question and eats a scorpion instead, but I felt like that was probably the most softball question that was asked. Let's get messy, girl. Just say Ramona. Who cares? There's like, who, who could she say that people would really be like, oh no, not one of them. And that's really the beauty of New York. That is that they're all. They're all horror shows in their own special and beautiful ways. Not Bethany. Anyway, um, so Whitney is asked to tell um, three lies that Heather has told. She doesn't want to do it. And so you'll hear this clip where she's saying, like, I don't want to do it. Like, what was that accent? Was she drunk? What was going on? Whitney's a strange bird. It was almost giving black scent. But I think mostly she was just drunk. I think mostly it was the champagne that was doing it. But Whitney tells everybody, like, I'm just, I want to make things right. I don't want to go there. But Heather says in a confessional, Whitney's had all this time to say what I've lied about. And she's had yet to even come up with an imaginary one. So pick a lane. Be a villain. Be a friend. Be something. But be real. (laughs) Heather's question is who gave you the black eye? And, you know, scorpion right in the mouth. Doesn't want to answer, does she? So Portia says, you know what's so funny? You said you didn't know, but you must know. So Whitney says, I think she's protecting Jen. Whitney says in a confessional, either Jen has something major over on Heather or like attracts like. But Heather says, there's nothing that you're going to uncover, Nancy Drew. Marisol gets asked the question of who she trusts the least. And she's like, oh, I'm, I think it goes without saying it's probably Leah. Like we've gotten into it a few times and she accused me of drinking too much, which I think is kind of hypocritical because you used to drink a lot. <laughs> Horrible. I would never dream of saying something that bad. And I'm like a bitch. 
I fully admit that. I could not imagine. The things that Marisol just says, and like the people just let her, they don't care. But she says horrific things. She just says them in a very monotone way, and I think that's why she gets away with a lot of it. Giselle announces that y'all got 45 minutes to get ready for my Mardi Gras dinner, so bye. And then we find out that Alexia and Maricel are getting a little bit annoyed with each other. Seems more like Alexia is getting more uh, annoyed with Marisol than the other way around, but we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. On the car ride to dinner, Portia and Giselle start talking about how they basically think that Candace wants to be a victim and how nothing's ever good enough for her because she didn't acknowledge that Giselle supported her on Bravo chat room. So Giselle also basically accuses Candace of accusing Chris of making her feel uncomfortable on camera and, you know, making sexual assault claims, which is not what Candace said. That's what Leah said. <laughs> and Portia's fully on team Giselle, despite not really, you know, she has not seen what happened, hasn't seen how Giselle approached the situation. And, you know, I just feel like it's very rich of Portia to tell Giselle like, oh, you know, like doing some reverse psychology. Candace is trying to make it seem like you, Giselle, are ruining her family, but actually it's Candace ruining your family by or your reputation by saying she, you're making false allegations, right? And Giselle's like, yeah, you're exactly right. She's saying that I'm the reason why people don't come forth. But Portia's like, you know, that's so damaging. That's so wrong. And of course, Giselle's like, you're right. You know, you're absolutely right. We're going to have a discussion about that, me and Candace, but, you know, not right now. Yeah, you're going to have it at the reunion. And how well did that work out for you? (laughs) Also, the irony of her, Portia, saying that given what happened during season nine of Real Housewives of Atlanta, who is not lost on me. We won't be here for another 50 minutes if we even open up that can of worms. So check out season nine if you haven't seen that. Well, then you'll get to the Mardi Gras uh, dinner and, you know, Giselle gives a history of her, you know, relationship with her dad being from uh, New Orleans and how she would spend the summers there and they would participate in the Zulu parade, which was, I think she said the first black uh, Mardi Gras parade because usually... You know, the origins were just like, you know, they were all held by the most prominent white houses in the city. So, you know, that's a point of pride for her. At one point, Candace burps at the table and she says, excuse me, and just kind of laughs. And this is the first time that we actually do see Marisol and Alexia speaking about people in Spanish. (laughs) But they go, Marisol goes, that woman, that woman just burped at the table. I would die. And she's laughing. And Alexia goes, no, 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 that's horrific. (laughs) So then it starts raining. So they have to move inside to eat their little king cake. And Giselle announces, to the shock of fucking nobody. Oh, you guys know, nothing. You can't have a Giselle party without those damn reasonably shady paddles. So we got to play this game again of is it reasonable or is it shady? Now, here's my thing. Somebody who's like very... uh, stickler and i need a visual and if we're gonna have the visual can it be correct please now can we decide if this game is called reasonable or shady or reasonably or shady because it does grammatically does not make sense why these paddles say reasonably when the game is is it reasonable or is it shady why do the paddles not say reasonable Why do they say reasonably? Does that not drive anybody else crazy? (laughs) And I know that's not the title of the podcast, 
but it's the name of the game. So if we're going to play the, you know what I mean? <laughs> also not grammatically correct. Okay. Okay. I'm done. And it gets to the point. Okay. I'm not done. It gets to the point where I get annoyed. So annoyed about these paddles that like, I can't even concentrate to what's say being said in the games. I'm like, it shouldn't say reasonably. It should say reasonable. I'll pay for those. No, I won't. I'll pay for one paddle. This is reasonable. I'll pay for one. One of the questions is, is it reasonably or is it shady um, to take the credit for other franchises' success? So basically, Alexia is like, I think this is about me. Because, um, you know, is it reasonable to take credit for their success, especially when your show has been canceled, right? So Alexia goes, I feel like your question's shady. But Giselle tried to make it seem like Alexia said, we paved the way for you guys to get here. Y'all would be nothing without me, which is not at all what she said. Nor does this really matter. This is not like a fight worth getting into. But what she said was like, I just think it's incredible that we were able to come back after eight years. Now, one might say, (laughs) you're trying to make this sound like a flex when actually your show got canceled. And only probably came back because of Peacock, but that's neither here nor there. The point is that's, that wasn't what she was saying. And I was actually on Alexia's side uh, with this one. Giselle has a good slash an extremely annoying habit of like interpreting what she feels is happening rather than asking people for, cl- for clarity and then making them explain away the assumptions that she's made. You know what I mean? It was like, now I have to defend myself because you have made up some shit in your mind that isn't actually real. And if you just asked me about this and got clarity in this moment, we would never have this conversation. But anyway, that's the, that's the real Giselle charm. Candace and Portia and kind of Leah and Giselle end up getting into it because uh, they ask, is it reasonably or is it shady to call somebody a bully when they're not being one? AKA, uh, Candace, you're calling me and Portia bullies when we're actually being really nice. So Candace says, well, it is reasonable because uh, Shady one and Shady number two here, Candace and uh, Portia and Giselle, you guys are being bullies because of the way that you chose to address Leah. And hit dogs holler. If you weren't being bullies, then why are you reacting so strongly to uh, all of this? Why do you keep going on about it? So Portia says in a confessional that Candace actually wouldn't be taking up for Leah if she wasn't trying to get into it with her and Giselle, which I don't know. At this point, I have a headache and I don't really know what Portia's talking about. I think that like Portia seems to be um, siding with or tag teaming or teaming up with Giselle, which I think is interesting in a sort of like sidekick sort of way. Um, and they're wrong. They're wrong. The final question was for Heather is, is it reasonably or is it shady to have a book title that you don't believe in? Bad Mormon. Heather says that's shady, but y'all read the book and find out, right? Whitney says, I want to ask Heather where she's at in her journey of having to leave the church because it's been inconsistent. And it may sound like a piece of paper to everybody, but it's like taking away your entire heritage and your entire life. So Alexia says, it's like a divorce. You know, sometimes you walk away a long time ago and you don't really need that paper, right? And then she high fives Heather from across the table. But Candace says, we need to move on now. <laughs> Candace says in a confessional, 
it has been four days listening to these women scream about church. Either go or don't. Marisol says in a confessional, I don't even know what's going on anymore, but I'm tired of it. And then Portia says, who wants to go over this over and over? Both of y'all are bad Mormons. Okay. (laughs) Here's the other thing that I love about Girls Trip is how um, the women from different franchises handle uh, conflicts because this is a recurring thing on Salt Lake over and over and over. And yet these fast-paced franchise women, your Atlanta, your Miami, your Potomac, are like, girl, why are you still harping on this? <laughs> like, get over it. I love it. The episode ends with Heather telling Whitney in the van, let's stop talking about bullshit. Like, she's tapping her on the leg. They're having a good time in the back row, whatever. In the other van, Portia's like, Y'all, every time we go somewhere, Heather and Whitney get into it, and then they go right back to sitting next to each other like nothing happened. I don't work like that. If you hit a nerve with me, I can't even be sitting next to you. Like, you're going to have to be in the other van. I wonder what they're even talking about in that other van. (laughs) Cut to them all going around saying uh, which one of us has done anal and which hasn't. And I love that. Heather said she hadn't, but I don't know if I believe that. Whitney said, don't bother. (laughs) And then Candace said, yeah, you really shouldn't bother. I thought it was painful. And that was with a little penis, not, not the current one, I guess. So uh, there we go. There we go. I love that Candace has tried anal. I don't know why that, I wouldn't say it thrills me, but I appreciate the information. I appreciate her being transparent about it. Okay. I do. So anyway, Whitney then, once they get back to the house, goes back into the confessional and goes, I I just want to clarify one thing. Three lies that Heather is told on camera. She knows how she got her black eye. She was never friends with Lisa Barlow. And she hasn't left the Mormon church. So the masks are going to come off. And we're going to get to the bottom of the lies. And that was the end. <laughs> to be continued, I guess we'll see. Oh, I'm still happy here in Thailand. I will say that. So maybe I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> maybe the biggest hypocrite was me. That was a lesson we all learned. Anyway, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Hop on the train with me, y'all. We're talking TLC's Seeking Brother Husband. I'm going to be recapping it either every week. I don't care if only seven of us watch. I'm going to be talking about it. So check that out. We'll only be in episode two by the time you listen to this. So that'll be good. Um, and then, you know, Vanderpump, Summer House, Jersey. <sighs> We had a packed week, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening.